Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Beautiful day, Jess. Beautiful day. I am in the mood to talk love. I mean, this is rom-com feb, as I've been saying to myself and pretty much nobody else. Um, Really trying to make the rom-com feb happen, but it's not picking up. I don't know why. Um, I mean, it doesn't rhyme. I don't know. Maybe that's probably why. But the good news is this podcast is going to be dropping right before Valentine's Day. So if you're feeling lovey-dovey, I don't really recommend this movie to watch, but... Um, You can listen to this podcast because we all love each other very much and we certainly love our guest who is on with us today, the one, the only host of pilot season, amazing human being, three name fella, Michael J. Clark. Michael, how are you? (laughs) That was my my modem. Impression? Oh my gosh, it sounds so good. Sounds just like it. Hello, hello. I am... Super de duper excited to finally uh, do one of these with you guys. This is, we've been circling each other for a long time. Yeah, yeah. We've been wanting to do a quote unquote home and home event. <laughs> I just taught you that. Yeah. Sarah just tried to pretend like she fucking knows sports. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She Sarah, tries to Sarah, act Sarah. like I know sports. Explain to the audience at home what a home and home is, please. Okay, okay. As my understanding from. Um, MJC, what you just taught me is when two teams play each other and they switch off from one year to the other, um, you know, um, um, who is home. So, Beautiful. so um, I could my, not have explained it better myself. Yeah. Yeah. So but no, I've witnessed this because as some of you might know, um, I have I'm a fan of Alabama football. So every other year, the last game of the year, Alabama and Auburn switch off um, when they play Mm -hmm. with each other. So the year that um, Alabama lost to Auburn, it was very embarrassing. And um, we were at we were at Auburn, Auburn, Auburn Stadium. And then the year after that, we won at our home stadium um, in Alabama. So I understand the concept. Did I know what it was called? No. So thank I mean, you. in our world, it's a crossover event. tell you that this podcast is not a sports pod? Because <laughs> I'm, but we're trying to make a sister cast um about sports. Oh. What would it be called? It would be called like shitty sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely it. Shitty sports. Well, shitty that's sports. that's Let's what you call it, Jess. When like if like Will's watching a game all day, you're like, why is shitty sports on right now? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, why are you watching six baseball games in a row? Why is this baseball game 17 hours? I have no idea. Why does he need 20 (laughs) Mets shirts? Nobody knows. Shitty sports. It's true. It's true. So we're, I don't even know if we've talked about what we're talking about. We're talking about You've Got Mail and everybody. I mean, you'll see it in the title. So 
we're getting into it. This is a film mm-hmm. from 1998. Uh, do we want to? Did anybody bring a special beverage tonight? We usually talk about 90s nightcaps on like Boy Meets World proper, but we can like stop down if anybody has a beverage they'd like to share with the class. That sounds bad. Don't share beverages with children. <laughs> this is an adult class. <laughs> Um, I got a Bev. Um, I don't need to share it with children, but I am drinking some red wine because um, the red wine only comes out when I'm ready to fight. Oh, oh, we're getting into it. It's going to be a fight night. Fight um, night. I'm drinking a leftover Angry Orchard hard cider crisp apple variety. It's leftover from the Super Bowl. So Great. that's what I'm having. Love those. Yes. Um, I, I, I just I just have H2O tonight, you know? I'm just, just uh, staying hydrated, chugging water tonight. What is your water? Boring, I'm sorry. Like, I, no, no, no. It, it no, it's it fine. Is. It's fine. What's your uh, water <laughs> brand of choice? Ooh, um, well, I have been drinking uh, Poland Spring, but not... Yes. Like, but not, like, the bottled. I, I you know, have... My own guy right here. So just yeah. like Poland Spring from the fridge. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely um, am loyal to the old pea spring when it comes to uh, flat water. For sure. Very good. We are a Poland Spring podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Still Beautiful. waiting for that uh, sponsorship. sponsorship one day. Call us Poland Spring. Yeah. Call us. We always talk about you all the time. Sarah drinks you every <laughs> single time we podcast. I have yes. my P.S. No, I don't want to say P.S. Because if I even think about a PlayStation ever again, I'm going to want to drown in the Poland Spring. <laughs> well, we're we're big proponents of Poland Spring water, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean we can we can get into we can get into the film here. Um, we're talking. You've got mail from 1998 obviously starring huge uh huge 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 actors tom hanks meg ryan a lot of other famous faces in this movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh why don't we set up our experience in general with the movie i've never seen this movie before this was my very first viewing it's a weird blind spot in my rom-com history i love rom-coms i also really like tom hanks surprising that i've never seen it now i have michael what about you I'm a little surprised that you're saying that you love rom-coms because, like, I I don't think I'm speaking out of school right now, Jessica, and and you can yell at me if I'm wrong. Um, I think you are admittedly not the most romantic person in the world. (laughs) Like, you don't. I feel like you don't like rom-coms. It doesn't make any sense that I would love rom-coms. I mean, I love comedies in general, but I do specifically love rom-coms. It makes no sense because I'm not a romantic person. But I just love rom-coms. That is an excellent point. Now, Jessica, what is a rom-com that you actually like? Um, Some of my favorites are How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Those are just like two of my uh, bridesmaids is another one. Like those types. If it's got a 10 in it, Jessica says it's a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Exactly. It's a requirement. It's a 10 in the title. It's a 10 in Jess's eyes. I guess that that's the only requirement. Um, mm-hmm. for now, myself, important question, Jess. Yeah. Important mm-hmm. question, Jess. Before I, uh, I, I'm taking over this podcast right now, SJ. So yeah, I'm, MJC. I'm gonna, no, no. Oh, my God. Well, just wait until my so- so-called life. I am the biggest stan, but just wait till then. Um. Important clarifying question before we start, Jess, is do you, ha, have you seen Sleepless in Seattle? 
funnily enough, no, I haven't. And I don't know okay. why my blonde right. spots are like all Tom Hanks movies. Because for a while well, as a Ryan teen, you, yeah, him and Meg Ryan together. For a while as a teen, I was really into John Cusack movies. So I've seen Say Anything. I've seen High Fidelity. Uh, I love him in Serendipity. Don't even get me started. That is one of my favorite movies. But like for some reason, there is a big blind spot. I just watched for the first time when Harry met Sally earlier this year. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just like these 90s rom-coms. I've seen a lot of 80s maybe is what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I just haven't seen either of those Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies. Yeah. So Jess, that is I, I, OK. So like I knew you haven't seen it. It's OK. It's OK. Um, for my experience, number one, I want to start this off by letting the audience know that Tom Hanks is like probably my like number one celeb crush and I've been in love with him mm. for goodness knows how long I fell in love with him uh probably watching him in Splash and oh, in Big Splash. and um I was like really into Castaway I of course watched Sleepless in Seattle I've seen You've Got Mail before like um, Tom Hanks, and even still now, like, I love Tom Hanks. Like, um, he is my number one, like, celeb zaddy at this moment, I think. I mean, I, I've, I've like, um, shared in the past who my past uh, celeb crush was, and he's canceled, so we don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, this movie... It does get a little confusing with Sleepless in Seattle and with You've Got Mail. And if you didn't know, there was another movie that they did together too, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. The first one, which I think was in 1990, Joe versus the Volcano. So this is Mm. their third movie that they starred in together. Um, And I think that... Number one, I think that you can see the chemistry is there. If nothing else, Jessica, you can't deny that. Listen, the we'll get into we'll get into it. The way I broke <laughs> down my kind of thoughts on the movie were things I liked and things I didn't like. So uh-huh. when we we can use those as like talking points if we need. But mm-hmm. Michael, what is your experience with You've Got Mail? I I, I have seen You've Got Mail. Many times. Uh, I, I know my mom loves Sleepless in Seattle, so like I've seen that a good amount. And then when You've Got Mail came out, like my mom was like excited to rent it. So like I have memories of not seeing it in theaters, but seeing it like when it became rentable for sure. I was mm-hmm. 12 in 98, so like, it makes sense. Um, I... In order to prep for this podcast, I watched it twice in the last 48 hours, and I enjoy the movie. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. Good, I think like, here's the thing. Like, it's I'll long, preface, but I, I like it. It is enjoy long. It. It's long for a rom-com, and I'll preface mm. my feelings by saying that, like, I think if you don't have nostalgia goggles for it, it is a very different movie than if you look at it with like nostalgia in your eyes right like oh this was a movie I loved when I was a teenager or whatever I don't have those so I'm going in with like fresh perspective of this is 2021 and here are my thoughts on this movie and I I just think it's different I don't know like this is not like a now and then where I have real nostalgia for this movie this is like a movie that I've seen and of course maybe I have Hank's goggles on but (laughs) I don't think it's a nostalgia thing I think it's just 
kind of like there's like some aspects of it. I feel like I know you enough to know what you are like taking issue with. But this movie is a good movie and it's not supposed to be like Shawshank Redemption. This is supposed to be like a fun little like romantic, like ode to New York City. Listen, I love shitty movies. I love a shitty rom-com. I love a movie that I can predict the ending. This is not a shitty movie. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You're saying like, oh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the best movie ever, but like it's a good movie. And my argument would be like, I don't even see the rom in the rom-com and not, there's not even much calm in the rom-com. And so to me, it's just two Disagree. hours of dense movie. Okay. So Michael, go Disagree. ahead. You can start your I think defense. It's very, I think it's very funny at times. Um, I think it's an interesting movie because not a lot of movies these days, like, you know exactly how it's going to end. Like, yeah. From going into it, you know how it's going to end. Like, they're going to meet each other and, like, fall in love. Like, you know, there's no twists in You've Mm -hmm. Got Mail. Like, it's just, like, it's very paint by numbers. But it's Nora Ephron, and she does this so well, where she's able to, like, tell a story. And, like, I, I, I will argue that there are definitely comedic beats to this story. Like, there are definitely things that I remember that, like, not maybe laugh out loud, maybe like chuckle or like yeah. smile to myself. I don't know. Well, I'll give you guys, I'll throw you a bone and I'll give you one of the things I really liked about the movie, which, cause it starts at the beginning of the movie. So it kind of fits. I loved the intro. I loved the nineties intro with the dial up noises, the AOL version of New York city. I thought it was so clever. It really brought me back to that time period. And I, I was like all in, I saw Nora Ephron's name in the credits. Again, I'm going into this movie with like very high expectations because a lot of people talk about this being a great movie and it's from the nineties, which is like a really great time for me personally I love that time period I'm mm-hmm. all set to love this movie with the, the beginning mm-hmm. credits Hold Sarah on. what did you think of the the beginning credits of the movie oh man yeah like the dial-up tones are just like so much um <laughs> I love the hard graphics that you know back in the day that was revolutionary mm-hmm. like the like soaring through the city um but <laughs> it's really just like block figures um yeah like it it definitely brings you back right away i had a lot of nostalgia for AOL. um i had a lot of nostalgia for aim like the entire movie oh, i was like i was like of when course. are these bitches going to go on aim like i'm waiting and then like <laughs> eventually they do i'm like freaking finally because i spent my like from the age of like nine to eighteen, I spent my life on AIM for better and for oh worse. God. But like mm-hmm. we can get oh into that. God. I mean, goodness gracious! Like when no, she you're, said, you're right. when she said over. Remember how important away messages were. So always important. like a, always like a lyric to a song with yes. like little squiggles and stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. you got asterisk squiggle, asterisk squiggle. Um, very important. Um, making sure that you have all of your best friend's initials in your way message, mm-hmm. like, or else you're dead. It's like the MySpace top eight, but like earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Do you re- like yeah. this? Reminds me, this movie because of the way they interacted with their laptops, like sneaking around and like looking at them. It reminded me very specifically of an episode of Sex in the City where Carrie gets an instant message from I don't even remember was it Aiden? It was somebody, and she's like, "Oh my God, can they see me?" 
she's like ducking beneath <laughs> her laptop and it reminded me of that with the way that they're like interacting with computers which is so different from today mm-hmm. I loved that aspect of the movie I thought it was funny I love their screen names that was another thing on my list okay. shop girl and <laughs> NY152 <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They got in on like on like the forefront they of those to. screen names. Like, okay. So, Michael, what was your what was your like first screen name? Can you remember? I don't know if we've talked about this. Oh my god! Yes, I can. <laughs> He's laughing. It must have um, been bad. <laughs> They're it all was bad. bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was MC Doggy. Uh, doggy, of course, spelled D A W G. Oh no! Oh no! MC Doggy was my first screen name. We love that. I had some bad ones, ladies. I had some bad screen Share names. Share with the class. The day. Share with the class. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Uh, Shy Guy Ten MC at one point. Um. The eccentric one uh, at one point. Oh, the eccentric uh, one. There you go. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, me zero two zero two zero. What? <laughs> Love it. And of course, you needed multiples because you had one where like everybody's on it. You had one where all your best of friends course. are on it. One where like the person that you're like talking to romantically is only the what? person on it. Yeah, I only had one. No, you had to have multiples because the no, reason why is because yes, you had to hide. It was hide the original burner. People. It was. Like, yeah. yeah. No. It sounds like okay. a burner. The original. Yeah. Finsta. Yes. Jess is a little, a smidge too young to go into all of the nuances of AIM. Well, it wasn't only that, but I didn't, we didn't, I didn't grow up with AOL. Like, I never had dial-up. So I only, like, recognized that noise from going to my friend's house where Mm. they had that. Because we didn't have AOL. So I didn't get AIM until way later when we downloaded it, like, manually onto my computer. And my, because I was, like, a teenager by the time I had it for the first time. And my first screen name was, I think I've said this on the podcast, Miss Goody Two Shoes. (laughs) And one of the O's was a zero. Still true. Still holds up. Just saying. Yeah. Um, Definitely know about Miss Goody Two Shoes. That's for sure. Um, So mine. It's a famous screen name. It's very Mm -hmm. famous. I had multiples, of course. Um, so my first one was Sarah Jill, which is kind of funny because I still like use that um, a lot. And then my other ones were Starfish eighty nine, and Fish was P H. Mm-hmm. No, I did not like the band Fish. I just wanted to be <laughs> yeah. different. I just want to be different. Sorry. I just want to be different. <laughs> um, and then like my high school one was. So this is like really weird, but um, I like sat, I was really into um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Going back to who my big celebrity crush for a lot of my life could have been, which I don't want to get into <laughs> because it's embarrassing <laughs> at this moment. Um, okay. And I was like in class, I was learning about the triangular trade, and I was like, ooh, you know, be a good screen name, Rum and Guns. And Rum and Guns has followed me, unfortunately, for a long time because it became my <laughs> Yahoo, which was the Yahoo that made not only my MySpace, but also my Facebook. And now I can't get rid of that oh. bitch. It's like a bad. STD, unfortunately. <laughs> Ramen guys, so it's a bad embarrassing. Situation. That's because, horrible. Because, like, 
look at me. I am the opposite of a person that is into guns or rum, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> and people are like, why, like, rum and guns? Like, that's like so, and it's like, bitch, it's like the triangular trade, and nobody even knows what that is. So just call me a historian. What can I say? <laughs> That's um, a particularly bad screen name, uh, I have yeah, to admit. Yeah, it still follows me. Doesn't, and then, doesn't hold up. Yeah, and then one more thing about AIM before we like move on. I was triggered when she said that she went into an over-30s chat room because, <laughs> yes. um, I don't know, like, MGC, you definitely hung out in the AIM chat rooms, didn't you? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yes, Jessica, yes, yeah. do you even know when AIM chat room is? I know what they are. I was never in them. This was a dark, dark time. It was. You're, it really was. You're, I know what ASL means. Okay. You're a 16-year-old girl. You're like, I want to meet new people. So you log in to whatever AIM chat room. And normally they were like 18 plus or like 21 plus. Like you should not be there. And then. Nope. Next thing you know, you're telling somebody your name is Kiki, you're 18, and you're from Hawaii, and what to do then? What to do then? Um, and, yeah, the the type Sounds of... Sounds like it should be on a, an episode of, like... SVU. Uh, no, well, that, that'd be that. bad, yeah. That and that Cheaters website, or, so like, oh, that Cheaters yeah. show or something. I slummed in those AIM chat rooms for too long then they like start to request to add you as a friend then you get spooked because they found you it was turmoil so when she was talking about aim chat rooms triggered done cooked <laughs> question yeah. is this movie the original catfish that is exactly my hypothesis yes <laughs> i think that's probably right and here's the thing because this kind of blends into my one of my points of stuff I didn't like about the movie. Joe Fox is a fucking piece of shit. Mm-mm. He is. He's not a good guy. He is He's the fucking worst. And here's the thing. I, you dude. have to like imagine me watching this movie for the first time. I see Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. He's a good guy. He's fantastic. He's a great human being. And the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, when... Do I like the characters? When is it going to happen for me that I love the characters? And it literally never happened. Joe Fox, he's an elitist, capitalist, piece of shit. He takes all the caviar off the plate. He (laughs) manipulates and gaslights Kathleen for months. He treats the cashier like a piece of shit. There's a scene, if you didn't rewatch the movie before coming to this podcast, there's a scene where Kathleen is trying to check out. She accidentally ends up in a cash-only line in a New York grocery store, completely unbelievable, whatever. And she won't let her use a a credit card. And Joe, instead of pulling out the wad of cash that you know he has in his wallet, instead (laughs) berates the cashier... And he's so condescending to her uh, wasn't, to like no, get her to I take disagree. the credit card. I oh, he I was, think he was like trying to be charming. I think he was. He was not charming. Like, yeah, I he tells he her a trying. joke. Knock, knock. What a piece of shit. I can't stand him. He's an egomaniac. No. He calls himself a brilliant businessman. He's too preoccupied with how shop girl looks. Like he's going to refuse to meet with her if she's not pretty. He stands uh, her up at the coffee shop. And he no. waits. SJ, no. I just okay. wrote down oh my God, a complaint I know that Jess is going to have. I'm so excited to show it to the yeah. screen okay, hold on. when let's, she gets let's, there. Let's because she like, will get there. Yeah, I know. So, so those were just I know. some of the bullet points that I okay. had on why Joe let's, Fox is a complete piece of shit. Jessica, Jessica, 
focus. Let's just bring this back a little bit, okay? Let's bring it back. Let's go back to the scene at the grocery store. Number one, um, he was flirting with the cashier. I didn't find oh that my to gosh, be condescending. No. I think that he was trying. I agree. I think he was trying to be charming. I did expect him to take out cash out of his pocket. Yes. Yes. But the ultimate goal was that. She like got stuck in this cash only line. She didn't have cash and she got to pay with her card. But he the way he says he says like happy Thanksgiving or something. And he's like, and now is when you say happy Thanksgiving back. Like that is so condescending. I did not find him charming whatsoever at all. I understand the movie like maybe. And we the woman who's playing the cashier is the woman from Grey's Anatomy. I don't remember her name, but she is like. Yeah, she's like a bone doctor in Grey's Anatomy. I apologize. I don't remember her name. But like the <laughs> point being doctor. that like. Yeah, is she, she like putting on a fake voice shit. for this. Like, is this like a fake voice for her? It Remind me like what her voice. voice. Did she have an accent? A slight yes. accent. That I probably because or at least maybe she, I, I don't think she's putting a voice on for Grey's. So her name is Sarah Ramirez. Um, okay. It and, sounded like she was putting a voice on for the part. I think she was. But it's just, I understand that, like, by the end of the scene, she, like, smiles and takes the card. But, like, honestly, he was being a piece of shit to her. I just felt like he wasn't <laughs> yelling at her. But there are still ways that you could be a piece of shit Is to somebody Is it better not that be he doesn't get involved and she has to go back on, like, the long-ass line with yes. the card area? That's or it's better. better that he pulls out the no, I, no, no, no. I think what Jess is saying is, Joe Fox, you clearly have a hundred dollar bill in your wallet yes, like uh-huh. give yeah. her the hundred dollars um, and like i but that but kathleen yeah. would not like that at all like she'd be exactly, so annoyed that's what I'm like, yes that's what i was gonna it. say kathleen would not take the money she would not but, but don't in my opinion I, if i'm kathleen i'm just as annoyed that this fucking asshole inserts himself into like this situation to try to schmooze the cashier or whatever he's doing that's not even like that is such a low like thing on my reasons of not liking him that one scene is very low on my reasons of not liking him okay next what was your next point after that oh i had so many um he gaslights (laughs) kathleen for months he gaslights her okay well literal months this happened okay so the funny thing is is that this takes place an hour and like 10 minutes into the movie we it took that long to get there which is unbelievable to me. Like, to, to the point where they know who each other are, you mean? Uh, where no. he knows it's who like, she is. Who, he okay. knows who, and then he starts gaslighting her. Um, Like, Michael, did you even have an issue with Joe Fox up until, like, I can't defend him for catfishing her and, like, n- being in the know I um for that long. But, Michael, do you feel like he was that bad up until that moment? No, no, I will. He was a prick at that party. He was a real prick at the party. Oh, the caviar? Yes. Yeah, like he was being antagonistic. Like he, he was, he was being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is Michael, like, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I just don't know what redeeming qualities he has, even up until the point where he starts gaslighting Kathleen, because. He's basically he's rich because he has family money from this bookstore that his grandfather, his father have run his whole life. He's putting a huge, basically a Barnes and Noble, let's call it what it is, in New York City, which is going to take money away from smaller companies, smaller book companies, book whatever, bookstores. And he like 
He's with a woman who he obviously doesn't like very much, but he's just with her anyway. He's like, again, depends on your definition of cheating, but like at least emotionally cheating with somebody else over the internet. I just don't know what is a redeeming quality about him. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's very believable that that she would end up wanting to ever be with the person that like took her out of business. Like, I don't, I don't think that's believable at all. Like he ruined her life. Mm hmm. And and like, and you say it's gaslighting. Like, I think he kind of needed to do that. He needed to let her see that he was not a garbage person before exposing himself to be the one. Like, I feel like if he didn't do that, then like, it wouldn't have worked out. And if you really like, I, I, I I see your point, but also like, I think he needed to present himself as a viable option before it came out. Like, Hey, it was me. Ha ha. I just think like, I think like, this is like six months. He does this. And I think it's, He's not only if he had just like saw her at the at the cafe in that scene where they're supposed to meet, right? They're supposed to meet at this coffee shop and he sees it as her and he instead of just like leaving, which is still bad, but whatever, he like goes in and he antagonizes her <laughs> yeah. and he sits yeah, he there her. and yeah. watches her be devastated that he doesn't show up. And I'm like, this fucking asshole, like and then after that, he, like, leads her on and he completely, like, knows everything that's happening to her for months and months as she's talking to this guy, like, an NY152, which is really him. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, he could have told her sooner. Like, I really do think that. And honestly, I don't like her either. So they're kind of a oh, match made goodness. in heaven of, like, shit <laughs> I don't like. Oh, no. But I, I hate him more than I dislike her. So okay. the rest of the reason I'm piling on him so much. Jessica. Jessica. SJ, go. You hate the game, but you like you don't. The saying goes, "Don't hate the player, hate the game." What is he supposed to do? He is in a business. He's a business guy. His family is in business. Like, why do we automatically have to hate him just because he's like quote unquote rich and he has? Oh, that's not why like, I hate oh, him. Well, I no, hate no, him because he's the elitist. A, okay, girl, <laughs> listen to me. That's not my point. My point is like. You know, pr- I'm okay. I there's like two parts of the movie. An hour into the movie, I can totally get behind you being like he's a scumbag. Like I don't like the catfish element of it and him leading her on. I'm not a big fan, but it's like, you know, it's it sucks. Like we see this all the time. Big businesses, Amazon putting mm-hmm. out mom and pop shops. Like yep. it's really horrible. Yep. Um what comes to mind actually MJC is the drama bookshop. Um, do you know like that little drama? No. You know what I mean? The drama bookshop in New York where it was um, like it was a big deal because it had like, you know, it had like a lot of like plays and stuff within it. And then underneath I had like a place where like people would like perform plays or skits or whatever and that went out of business it's really awful seeing like big corporations take over little shops but if you're on the other end of it it's like 
it's a good business move. There was no competition uptown. It's not his fault that there was other little bookstores in the area. Um, I did like the the idea of it being the book district. I thought that that was like a good thought at first. And we see that all the time mm-hmm. in Manhattan. There's the flower district. There's the fashion district. You're saying you like that Kathleen had this idea of yeah, it being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was something I specifically put as a bullet point. I didn't like Kathleen. She thinks the competition is a fucking good thing. Bitch, this bookstore is going to put you out of business. Okay, and furthermore, (laughs) okay, my final, my my point with that is that I think that this was Kathleen's mother's dream. I don't necessarily think that this was Kathleen's dream to own the bookstore. Oh, I disagree. I feel like it was her responsibility. She felt a responsibility to take over the bookstore because her mom loved the bookstore. What she loved was dealing with the children. She loved, like, you know, the children book aspect. She didn't, she didn't have an, like, an aptitude for business or for numbers like she didn't need, she needed like this other woman to tell her what her numbers for her own story Birdie. Birdie. yeah Bernie Bernie's <laughs> also a piece of shit Bernie had to tell her what her <laughs> own numbers of her own business was she Bernie won't even lend her money money from a fascist dictator Francisco Franco Bernie won't even give her a dime of that Kathleen to keep that bookstore open listen Kathleen would not take it she doesn't have a shark mentality when it comes to business like I don't I think that what she ultimately winds up doing of becoming a children's book writer is right for her you know what I mean sure. I don't think that I don't this know business was her dream I disagree I think that it became her dream because she was there growing up that was her whole childhood was there with her mother Michael do you disagree like I think this was her entire dream was that bookstore yeah, because if you think about the first time that her and Joe interact, when Joe uh, goes to the store with his uh, aunt Annabelle and his, his brother, um, <laughs> the uh, the conversation about uh, at one point Kathleen's like, "Yes, like my mother started the store, like I have it now, and one day my daughter's gonna own it." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do you have a daughter? Like, no, just like the 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 hypothetical daughter gonna I'm gonna happen. have is gonna own it. Like, I, I think that this was her life. And um, I, I think at one point in one of her emails that she sends to, to Joe, uh, she mentioned something like, I live a very simple life. Is it because, like, I'm happy mm-hmm. or, like, I'm not brave enough to, like, step out from mm-hmm. what I'm doing? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think that while while maybe the being an author works out for her, like, and I'm, again, I'm not necessarily pitting all of this on Joe. Like, he's part of a business that put her out of business. That's life. That's business, right? That is the mm-hmm. business aspect. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else he does is not business. It's personal. And the fact that he tries to say, oh, it's not business. It, no, it is absolutely personal, the stuff that he pulls on her. And that's my problem with him. I don't give a shit if he is part of big business. And again, we don't give a shit because Amazon, if if that bookstore really existed, Amazon fucking long ago put them out of business. So right. what goes around comes oh, around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So but, I'll say, A, his behavior at the party with the caviar thing and just oh, like yeah. being like downright like rude and like a POS to her. Why does yep. she care? Uh, and Why B, she care when he's like antagonizing her at the coffee shop, like those are two bad marks. <laughs> like- I don't think that he's, like, going out of his way to be an a-hole otherwise, besides Mm -hmm. those two scenes in a two-hour movie. I think he straight up says, he says in one of the emails to her, or IMs, I can't remember, like, oh, why is it that 
I'm like the worst version of myself, yeah, which like I, I totally get. We all have bad moments, right? Like we all do things mm-hmm. we don't want to do. We snap at people. We behave poorly. But like I still don't see again. I, I wish we had seen more of his good moments. Then yeah. if the movie wants me to sympathize with him and want him mm-hmm. and Kathleen to be together, I need to see more good moments, which okay. like. Yeah, like, I mean, so, we can, and then Sarah, when you, after you're done saying what you want to say, we can, like, switch over to Kathleen, because, okay. like, I have something to say about her, too. <laughs> okay, so this, I think that this is going to be a good transition, because you want to know what the good moments are, is when mm-hmm. he gets to be fully himself when he's writing his emails to Kathleen. They have such, like, a rapport with one another, they're each other's support system. They like talk about their little whimsical musings. I know that they don't get into something too personal, but throughout the entire correspondence, it is his best self. And it's because he can truly be who he wants to be without business, without his family putting pressures on him, without like his girlfriend annoying the shit out of him like it's where he could truly be himself and I think that's his most authentic self like a lot of the times especially in these situations with like online you can be whoever you want to be but I think that that was his best self when he was talking with Kathleen through these emails or with AIM or like giving the advice that he was able to give that's when I think it's the redeeming factors because he can actually like and he thought about the things that he did and he did I honestly think he felt bad about like the caviar party and like saying those really like nasty things and the fact that she was able to be like you know what like I wish that I had some of that like spice that you have and he's like well you know if only we I can give you some of my nastiness or whatever he said and you can give me some of your like you know strength and becoming a decent human being then maybe maybe (laughs) we would be okay so um i think that that and another redeeming factor when he was hanging out with aunt annabelle and um his brother matthew great with kids great with kids fucking great there are a lot of shitty human beings who are great with kids i just don't think like (laughs) i think it took him too fucking long he if i'm kathleen Michael, tell me if I'm wrong here. If I'm Kathleen and this motherfucker, I've been hanging out with him like mm-hmm. every day, right? Hanging out with him all the time, getting lunch, grabbing coffee, blah, 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 blah. And then six months later, this motherfucker reveals that it's been him okay. the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then and and like all of that. And then he finally reveals this shit. He puts me out of business again, whether or not. You want to put that on him as an individual, but he's still associated with it. He's still associated with the business that put you out of business. And she's just like, fucking great with it. She's like, fuck, great. Let's kiss. Wonderful. Fucking, uh, what is it? Over the rainbow. Hugs and kisses. She wanted it to be him. She wanted she, it to be him okay. so bad. She knew it was him. I think from she knew. the moment. She knew. From, from when? The, from the moment that he came. Um, to like bring her flowers when she was sick, she knew because there was a few things that he said oh, during Michael that conversation. Huh? Michael was go, Jess. What are you about to say? What do you want to say, Jess? 
I was going to say, this motherfucker enters her apartment when she tells him not to. He fucking sneaks his bitch ass up there, brings her flowers on Michael's phone and says, don't visit me when I am sick. Yes, this bitch said, I'm coughing, I'm sneezing, don't come into my apartment. He barges at his ass in, he sits on her bed, he violates her personal space. I was not for this. This was too fucking far for me. Uh, Jessica does not like the pop-in. She doesn't like the pop-in. Oh, the pop-in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Michael knows. Famously, I fucking hate a pop-in. Call me, text me. Don't just fucking pop-in. Who pops in? I don't understand. Is this like an old joke that I wasn't involved in? I mean, it's just a joke. I was in the neighborhood once. I was in the neighborhood once. And I'm like, oh, let me go say hello to Jess and Will. Will was at work, so like Jess was afraid when someone came knocking on her door. Mm -hmm. And it was me. Just say hello. That... I was in the neighborhood. Just a friendly neighborhood visit. I think the biggest issue... Next time I'll text. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is we're also friends. And Joe and Kathleen are not friends. No, they hate each other. (laughs) Um, You know what? I think that the biggest issue in this entire movie is that Kathleen said that her favorite flower are daisies. Daisies are (laughs) shitty flowers. It's the friendliest flower. There, it might be the friendliest flower, but it's certainly the ugliest flower. I love how this is your problem with Kathleen. Not that she's an of idiot. Of course, Kathleen's Not favorite she, like, flower is Daisy. Much... Of course, it is. Of course, she's very basic. B daisies are um, trash flowers. No, but <laughs> that's when she knew. That's when she knew that. It was so because he makes it so obvious, but they don't talk about it. And I think that what he did here was he intentionally released a a, a pre-chosen amount of information to divulge so that she can simmer on it and figure it out on her own. This is own. so manipulative, though. This is so manipulative. Jessica, you're a fan of Survivor. What do you think we're doing here? This is Survivor 101. This isn't Survivor. This is your love life. It should not be a game. It should not be treated as such. Michael, I have a question for yeah, you. Okay, question, question. Go this ahead, is a yes. question for you about Kathleen. Yes, ma'am. You are from around New York City. Is it realistic yes, that an owner of a small bookstore would own a brownstone oh, in New yeah. York City? <laughs> is this realistic oh, New York City you're, information? You're, you're talking apartments now? <laughs> that, that, I had that. I had that in my notes. Michael, what no, do you think? It's not a realistic apartment. Mm-hmm. Is it what? also realistic that George would have six rooms for $450 a month in Brooklyn? Is that realistic? Maybe back then. No, ma'am. That, that was, was before, County Closets. Hold on. That was before was Brooklyn just, was gendered. It was rent controlled. It was rent controlled. Also, it was rent controlled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Um, that's a. All right. So, Jess, you had, you, had, you had stuff about Kathleen that you wanted to get to. Yeah. I just. I think that my my concerns with Kathleen are she's way too forgiving of Joe. She sees competition as a good thing. She refuses to sell her brownstone to keep the bookstore open. Bitch, you have a ginormous <laughs> fucking brownstone that's probably worth a couple million bucks. Fucking sell it. Okay. In a tiny apartment. No. Like most people in New York City. Well, Brad Kinnear was always over, though. <laughs> oh, that dick. Don't even get me started on him. Frank. He's a piece of shit, too. Frank. He's the um, worst. And, and you wonder why they were... Like, they were both dating literal pieces of shit. Like, nobody can play that character. Like, Parker Posey played that character, yes, to be honest yes. with you. I, I love Parker Posey. But, like, go ahead, Michael. What are your thoughts on Kathleen? Can you defend her to me? Okay. Oh, I know that, like, eventually in this podcast, we're going to get into, like, a fashion hour. So I'm going to, like, save 
fashion and hair and all that stuff. But, like, I have, like, definitely have opinions on those. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree with you that, like, I, I don't think she's a good, good businesswoman. Like, I think that she, um, yeah, I... I, I, I think Meg Meg Ryan is at her like most charming in this movie. And like I don't want to talk about what happened to Meg Ryan after this movie because it's like gone off a cliff for her. Um but no, this was this was like Meg Ryan at her like A stuff. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I found I find Kathleen just like so sweet and endearing. I don't know. I just think she got conned. That's how I feel. I think she was an easy target for a con. I guess so. You know what she needed? She needed the PPP loan because she needed to keep her uh, staff on the payroll, but she refused to fire them and she couldn't afford to keep them. three employees in this bookstore (laughs) at all times. She almost reminds me of, she almost reminds me of like a character before the credits of a Law and Order or Criminal Minds, where like they're going to be like murdered, yes. then like the credits are gonna roll. No, you're so right. You're so that's exactly who she is, and that's why I get frustrated with her. And here's the thing: like she's a victim in this situation as well because she does get like catfished and manipulated this entire time. But it also does drive me crazy, just like her lack of business skills. And I understand that's not what she does. And that's not really her forte. But like, dude, like Birdie is fucking telling you that you're going under because of this other bookstore that you think was like, oh, it's it's going to be a book district. It's fine. Like it just in the how quickly she forgives Joe absolutely drives me crazy. Like it's it beca- physically it's, pained me. OK, it's because. But like, no, is it, is it though? <laughs> go, go. Joe. Go. Joe intentionally made it super obvious that it was him. So she had a few months to simmer on it and decide she was okay with it. I think that if he said at the cafe, it's me, she would have walked out and never spoken to him again. Oh, hi, Yes. And that's. And that's her fucking decision. That is her decision. It is not his decision to withhold all this information to let himself get by for another few yeah. months so she doesn't walk out on him. That's yeah. fucking her right to not want to see him anymore once she knows. And he withheld but that information. he needed an opportunity to let her know who, like, the real him was before he, like, said, yes. like, hey, I'm Write going to fucking letter. you. Like, <laughs> Fucking letter. I even wrote in my notes that all of the characters suck except Brinkley. Brinkley is the cutest. I was gonna say, I was. Yeah. Gonna, that was my final point in defending Joe Jessica. How is that he owns the golden retriever? Fucking good on him. He can he buy one. Owns Wonderful. A golden retriever, and he brought the golden retriever. I don't understand. Um, actually, like. It's I guess like his apartment was not his own. I guess that was Parker Posey's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he owns a boat. But he he owns a boat. But he is definitely rich enough to have his own New York City apartment. So why does he leave? I, wait, I don't know that he owns a boat. I think that like it's a family boat. I think that's his apartment. No, no because they parked him and his father parked boats next to each other when his father was kicked out because he was dating a young woman as well. Oh, I actually did a straight up family <laughs> tree of you their had family. to because this fucking this creepy old white man is what I wrote down. A lot of creepy old white <laughs> that men. That is I'd okay. love to see it. 
I thought that was a funny part where the dad, where his dad's wife ran off with the nanny. Like, I thought that was funny. That was funny. The dance, yeah. So, yeah. but also Jillian, who's the dad's Jillian, yes. wife, wife, was constantly yeah. hitting and like putting her hands on Joe throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. Yeah, yes. yes. Yet she decided, and she, but she decided to like go with the nanny, but also like. Um, but like, I, I don't know. Lots of questions about Jillian. She is very puzzling. Um, old guy Gramps, like who was his wife and like, who did he have like Annabelle with? He married a young person. Yeah. He had to marry someone young enough to have Annabelle with. Oh, and he no, apparently no. flirted and found Kathleen Kelly's mother enchanted. Yes. Enchanted. Yes. Yeah. A little young for him. Yeah. Yeah. A little young, but it doesn't um, matter. That family... So, which leads me to say, Joe Fox is a product of his environment. Okay. Good for fucking him. Doesn't right. mean he's not an asshole. A lot of people are product of their environment. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what? You got should, a shitty family. Great. Should Dave Chappelle have had a bigger role in this movie? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was in three scenes. Yeah, he was he was not utilized enough, in my opinion. There were a lot of famous faces in this movie. And like every time I turned around, there was another person that I recognized. I mean, we had Steve Zahn. Who was your Parker favorite? Posey. Um, who like, OK, who was my favorite one to recognize or who was like my favorite character out of all of the famous faces? I guess like who was the one where you were like, oh, this person's in it. And you were like, nice. You know who I recognized in this movie? At the very end, yes. when um, Kathleen is sitting in the Fox Books store, and a woman is asking a worker for help, um, for do you know books. who was in, uh, do you know who was helping her? It was, no. uh, the, you know the Mindy Project? Sure. I know of it, yeah. You know the doctor in the Mindy Project? I'm blanking on his name. It's like Joe something, I think. Um, he was the one who was helping her with her buy her books, and I was like, "The fuck is this guy doing here?" Um, <laughs> oh, Chris Messina, Chris Messina. Okay, I didn't know it was Chris Messina. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. But he was mm-hmm. the one who I was like, "The fuck, he's in here." But Parker Posey was by far like my favorite because I love like I love a, a bitchy woman character. Like I connect with them very well, and I did think she was like, she plays up that part very well. I I thought that was great. Yeah. 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 What about you, Sarah? Parker Posey is always great. Um, I always remember her from Josie and the Pussycats. Like, that yes. was, like, the movie that I watched all the time. Um, my favorite, like, side character was absolutely the dad, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Fox, because we just <laughs> okay. saw him in um, My Date with the President's Daughter. We just did, like, a podcast with uh, Boy Meets World Fever over there. I think his name is Dabney Coleman. But I was just mm-hmm. tickled yes, by Dabney him because, he, because I mean, like, he was just like, I don't know, like, his whole family tree, his situation with Jillian, the fact that, like, he was, like, has to pay, like, I don't know, he was like, you're, you're, um, sorry, but you're, um, Gosh, what did he say? 
the his money, his son's money is like gone. What is that called? Trust. Sorry, I don't have a trust, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> Can't relate. Um, waiting for that trust to come in, that's for sure. And like I, I love like how like he like is just like, yeah, like um I just found him funny, like, yeah, like I dated like this ballerina and like Joe was like, That was my nanny and then he was like, Yeah, I dated this other person and he's like, Yeah, that was my nanny too. <laughs> and then he's like, Yeah, and this astrologer <laughs> Like, and then he's has the audacity to be like, oh, yeah, like, do you think that your ex-girlfriend, I'll like her? And it's like, you know what? You do you, Daddy Fox. Like, you're 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 awful. But I just like the journey you're going on. OK, about, my about, favorite. Michael? Yeah. OK, my favorite was I think that Greg Kinnear was like the perfect guy in the beginning of the rom-com that like you know they're not going to end up with and like mm-hmm. you know that it's going to be he's going to be an asshole and she's going to break up with him like I, yeah. I thought he played that part very well he's very like pretentious loves typewriter but by the way like IRL Tom Hanks loves typewriters so like I don't know if this was like a little like easter mm-hmm. egg or it if he started been, loving yeah. typewriters after this movie, but I, I think uh, he, could, he. I don't know. I like the Greg Kinnear characters because I thought he was like he was. It was, yeah. it was it was a fun, like the guy that they're definitely not going to end up with. Role. Yeah. yeah, he was such an egomaniac. I thought it was very funny that the, in the like dinner scene. We're at that, like, dinner party, and him and Parker Posey's character are, like, getting on, like, peas and carrots. Yeah. And, and he's such an egomaniac when he's in the – when he's watching the interview with that journalist with Kathleen, and it's so obvious that the journalist is, like, hitting on him, mm-hmm. and he's all – he's like, watch, watch, watch. Like, that guy, obviously, he's a piece of shit, but it's, like, so obvious that he's a piece of shit, and the show is – the movie is not trying to get me to, like – think otherwise right like like you said Michael very obvious they're not going to end up together I actually did appreciate the scene that they both kind of just agree that they're going to break up because they're like not into each other like I thought that was actually really realistic like that does happen oh because he was like he was like really rude at the movies and was like like, barking at people telling him to shush and like she said she didn't vote and but the thing that he did a couple times which like I love it as either like a choice by the actor or in the script, but would mouth the words along to yes. his own words. Yes. We're like yes. <laughs> watching himself on TV and mouth the words along when Bertie was like dictating the article to him. Like he was mouthing along to it was like such a classic move. Mm-hmm. No, he played that character very. That's a very good point. He played that character perfectly and i hated him just like he wanted me to Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um you know what my favorite moment of this movie was when please um (laughs) when kathleen was writing an email um to joe fox towards the end after her store closed and she was like i had a bad week like my store closed like did i ever tell you i had a store this bitch's screen name is Store Girl sixty nine. Like, shop oh, girl. Shop girl. Oh yeah, Shop Girl. Like, Shop Girl. It's like, oh, did you know that I had a shop? Like, no shit, Sherlock. It's like literally in your name. <laughs> and maybe she just loves to shop, SJ. <laughs> 
It's yeah. so stupid. She's and like then a shopaholic. Yeah, and then my other favorite part of this was that when, like, she was trying to figure out, like, what 100, like, what was it, NYC 152? Oh, yeah, um, and she's yes. saying, that. oh, what if it was where you lived? Yeah, it's like, you know, hundred, yeah, 152 or, like, he's 152 years old or, like, they were, like, going, they were walking and they kept, like, doing this little bit, like, where they're, like, oh, it's, like, 152 could be this and 152. That was great chemistry. 152 great chemistry. insights into my soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jess, like, you can't say night, that Meg. Meg Ryan and um, Tom Hanks still have chemistry. Honestly, I, I didn't really see it in this movie, but I was probably blinded by the fact that I was so angry that every time they met, he didn't tell her that it was him. So Jess, maybe I'll watch Sleepless in talk? Seattle and I'll, I'll appreciate their chemistry. I don't like I think it was fine. I think that for me, they were at odds for so much of the movie and they're because their relationship quote-unquote as it existed was totally online i think that by the time they actually like did start hanging out it was like three it was like three quarters of the way through the movie so i didn't have a lot of time to like establish any type of chemistry between them for me like just spoiler alert you're not going to see their chemistry in sleepless in seattle (laughs) oh great is it is it trash i've heard good things about it. no no it's a great movie Mm. they are together in that movie for 15 seconds? Oh, <laughs> fucking great. Just like this one. Whatever. You're gonna, no, but you're going to love Tom Hanks in that movie. Oh, finally, because I love him and everything else. In this movie, I was like, this guy fucking sucks. I hate this. Don't you want to just kiss <laughs> his stupid little face? I mean, not particularly, but I, I, I'm not attracted to Tom Hanks in that way. I love his curly hair. If you don't know, I have so like a okay. real like fetish about curly hair that I've had. like, And it was born by Corey Matthews and by Ethan Zahn. It's never gone away. Mm. So as soon as I hear see dark curly hair, it's like done You're for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I want your insights on Kathleen Kelly's hair. Okay, you want to break this down. So Meg Ryan, gorgeous, gorgeous, stunning human being. Adorable. Um, She's adorable. Like, I I love her. And, like, I mean, you don't want to talk about this, but, like, the surgery that she's done to her mm. face is, like, her tragic. Her is, like, not okay. I don't think I've seen a more naturally beautiful person when, like, yeah, Meg Ryan was just being natural. Her hair, I mean... Is it the type of hair that I like for a woman? Not, I mean, not so much, but for Meg Ryan, she looks great. Like, if anybody can pull off this hair, it's Meg Ryan. Her color. I think she pulls it off. I think it looks great. Stunning. Stunning. Was it Um, of the time? It's, I think it was of the time. Because if you're not having the Rachel, then you're having some sort of, this is like, almost like a little bit like, you know, like. Hillary Clinton got her haircut probably from Meg Ryan. She's like, sure, this is sure. what I want to achieve. And then it's like what you order from what you see online versus what you order and get in person. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, are you attracted it's to almost this like, look? It's almost like like Amy Matthews-esque. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A little bit off of Amy Matthews is what you would get with this. I thought it was cute. I think it's of the time. I think that I love her outfits. I love 
most of her outfits I think they really fit into the time period and yeah. I like it better than I like a lot of the men's hairstyles which look like a shorter version of a mullet honestly <laughs> which drive me crazy it's like take that bitch they just chop it off the back please please because yeah. Frank especially had that and it drove yeah. me nuts she has longer yeah. hair so and she had a lot of yeah, she she had a lot of a lot of turtlenecks, a lot of vests. I thought underneath um, dresses a lot of the time too, which I yes, really liked. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that look. I think yeah. it's cute. Sure, sure. No, I, yeah, I I agree. I think that she had had some had some timeless looks for sure. Yeah, I always um, love a the sh- the the PJs in the beginning were a little like <laughs> PJs. Were, 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 you know. Yeah, she I don't was know. wearing like, like I a don't matching own PJs set. where I like I sleep in like sweats and a t-shirt. Like I don't own PJs. That's no. a movie like a thing. Like that, that honestly is a movie it thing. Is. I feel like most people don't wear matching sets to bed. If you do, like, hi, nice to meet you. I wear a fucking oversized t-shirt <laughs> for most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's a movie thing where they always I mean, she's in a fucking brownstone. Like this bitch has to be fucking fancy when she goes. I don't want to hear about the brownstone anymore because the brownstone was obviously her mother's brownstone that is already paid off. Off the mortgage and, and how did her fucking do- mother have a brownstone all she has to do is pay taxes on that brownstone so i don't want to hear about the brownstone anymore and of course she's not going to sell her brownstone that's absolutely bonkers to save her shitty little shop <laughs> like she no. wants to keep her twirling important uh you know nostalgic sentimental shop she okay. would sell the stupid brownstone for the millionth time she loves the memories of the shop and what it represents because it was the last piece that she had of her mother. She does not love the shop. She does not love owning the shop. She does not be- love being a businesswoman. She loves children. She loves the books. And that's okay, it. She does not care about owning the shop. But if you're children's, like if you write children's books, unless you're doing like signings and like reading your book for children, you're not interacting with children. Like you're just in she your liked home reading. Book. She liked reading to the children, and she liked ta- making recommendations about the book. I disagree. She was that in her element in that store. She was living her best life. She looked so happy talking to the kids and selling books. And she like always talking. Is about that not the, the two examples book. I just gave? Selling the but books she, and talking to kids, but writing the book. <laughs> When you're a writer, 90% of your life is, like, sitting at home writing your book. You're not interacting with kids constantly. Like, she was in her element when she was recommending books to people. She even said, like, oh, I love finding the perfect book. And when she's over in Fox Books in the children's section recommending, like, a book to, like, that woman or whatever, Mm -hmm. she looks so upset that, like, her dream was over. Like, obviously, she finds a new dream. I'm not saying that, like, you're only allowed to have one dream in your life. But, like... I still think that was like Michael. Thing. Like she Beverly Cleary has never been a child in her life. What? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, true. Yes, yes, Sarah. I just want like she loved interacting with the kids and being a salesperson. Yes. That does not equal owning your own business. Right? I think she loved she she loved the shop. She loved owning the 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 the, the shop. Because she tried everything in her power to keep it open. Like, oh, right. actually, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about. So, um, oh my gosh. So Joe Fox loves the freaking um, what should we call it? What what's that movie called? The the Godfather. The Godfather. Godfather. Loves the Godfather. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as does lo- Tom Hanks. Um, is wait. always quoting it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and he gives the advice like, um. 
Was it like take it to the mattresses? Now I've yeah. never seen Go the, to the Godfather. Mattresses, baby. Go to the mattresses. Yeah. C- can you explain that? Because I actually have never seen the Godfather, and don't tell me I need to see it because you know that that's not my type of movie, and I will it's not. So good. It's fine. I, I, it's fine. I don't want to watch that movie. So what does that mean? It's like um, you're going. It's I, mean, I think for I think he explains it where it's like prepare for battle. I don't know. What's right. the context in the Godfather? Uh, I, it's I from it's I the quote the is that's, in ages. It's it, the quote is that Sonny's running wild. He's thinking of going to the mattresses already. Okay, that's well, just what they call about it. It's that's what they call about it. It's um using the mafia. It's when a mafia family sends someone out to get someone apart, someone apartments and some mattresses for the soldiers of the family to sleep on while they hide out in safety. Okay, so mm-hmm. sure. what do you guys think of? Her going to the mattresses and the actions that she took in order to fight back. Um, like, By the actions that she took, yeah. are you talking about her pathetic shadow boxing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell, me, all tell sorts me about of that. Uh, it looked terrible. Uh, she had no form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> five people it was, there. It was it was a Hail Mary. It was like a lot. La- I'm sorry, not a sports pod. It was a last ditch effort. I know what a Hail Mary to- is. <laughs> now I'm insulted. Um, so it's it's surprising in that, like, it's one scene where, like, oh, everything's going well. She's interviewed on the street um, and she looked like really awkward. In the interview, but like she's even on the street, like she's outside during rallies, and like, do you want to get off the subway at Seventy Second and Broadway and not even know you're in New York City? No, it was like a very. Yeah. Uh, so they have that scene, and like, oh, everything's going great, and then like, cut to like Birdie's, like, yeah, you didn't sell anything, and I'm like, what? Like, what, yeah, what is she supposed to do thing? though? Like, what realistically, like, what is her move here? Mm. I thought the saddest part of the movie is when um, Birdie's walking back from the, the the Christmas party where, like, they're all singing uh, the clarinet yeah. song. And Birdie's walking back and she sees the display in Fox Books that the woman's doing her signing there instead of the that shop. That was so corner. sad. Was like, oh, no. Um, and they cut like the sad piano music like Harry Nielsen comes on you're like oh no oh, that was sad and also did we like the soundtrack I that was on my oh. list of things I liked I have dreams yes. by the cranberry splish splash sign sealed delivered over the rainbow mm-hmm. you made me love you rock and robin I loved the soundtrack I was here for the soundtrack yeah um talking about that's like a, that's a Nora Ephron thing like mm-hmm. you'll hear a similar vibe when you yes. see sleepless in seattle did did you did you make will watch this jess no i would not subject okay. him to this <laughs> i don't know that he would i don't think he would it's like too bad. it i wanted to hear his takes on it <laughs> no here's the thing like he'll watch rom-coms with me a two-hour you know 20 something year old movie that in my opinion doesn't Classic hold movie up that people love i don't think i just think like looking at it through the lens of 2021 it doesn't hold up with the shit he pulls like yeah again like sure. i think back in the day i think everyone loves this movie and it makes sense why people loved it at the time but now looking back it's like fuck he like totally gaslights her and catfishes her which like nowadays isn't cool <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't think he would. What is, what is your favorite nineties Tom Hanks movie? 
and why is it nineties? Okay, oh. I'm looking up Tom Hanks movies, and what? Why is it? What did he say? A League of Your Own. <laughs> a League of Their Own. Their Own. I my don't own. know if I've ever seen that. Oh my god, oh, Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Put it on the list, Sarah, to watch okay, the okay. I just okay. love Number one, people. I am not going to watch not fucking Sandlot You're watching Sandlot. I'm not watching, watching Sandlot Sandlot. until you watch Leave the Road. I'm not doing it, Jessica. If you're going to make me watch a shitty basketball movie, then I'm not watching baseball. Sandlot is baseball. What is I wrong don't care. with you? If you're going to make me watch a shitty baseball movie, then I... I am going to make you watch A League of Their Own because that's actually a good movie. Okay, okay. Sarah, Best 90s I'm Tom calling Hanks my movie. shot right now. I don't think Jess is going to like A League of Their Own. I, I'm pretty if sure it's sexist. Oh I don't God, think she'll Jessica. like it. Jessica. Um, watch so, that one with Will. Because it's a baseball okay. movie. Yeah, so I would say my favorite Tom Hanks 90s movie, if it counts, is Toy Story 2. It's Jessica, Toy Story 2. fuck this. I, it's so good. Why do I even do this with you? This it's so me good. up the wall crazy. It's not even the this best Toy Story of the 90s. This is it's a serious It's not answer. even the best Toy Story of the 90s. Oh, Toy Story 2 is better. Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story 1. No, oh my false. God. If I have false. to pick a live action movie, I would pick Forrest Gump. Okay, fine. It's because it's the only one that you've seen, like, honestly. Toy Story uh, of the 90s is better ones? than Toy Story 1? Get out of here. Okay. 100% it is. Jesse is a big, no, amazing. I love her. wrong. Jessica. I've seen Psycho Private Ryan, and I didn't like it. Just, by the okay. way. All right. I'm just letting you know I've seen another right, one so in the 90s. Here's, here, here's something else about Tom Hanks that, like, mm-hmm. I thought of when watching this. I know that you criticized Jess that, there, there wasn't enough rom or com in this for you to yes. enjoy it as a rom com, but like it, it's it, it's it's billed as a romantic comedy. Okay, so like right. comedy's part of the the title. Okay, I unless I'm mistaken, Tom Hanks hasn't been in another comedy since then. He's very always very serious, dramatic. Tom Hanks is like fantastic um. in these roles. He's very like very good. I'm waiting for it because we all know that like Tom Hanks like IRL is like a very funny, charming, like he's very funny. Yes. He's David Pumpkins. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's like a very funny guy. Yeah. I'm waiting for the like role in like a Judd Apatow movie where like he's mm. the dad. You know what I mean? Where like yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for You're like, right. Because unless like you can to eventually do that again. Yeah, unless you count like Toy actor. Story three as like a comedy, then there really isn't. No, I'm just saying like no, he's right that there really isn't other. And here's the thing: like I think of I think of Tom Hanks as like a comedy guy, but he's really not. Yeah. And no. I here's the thing: like it's just and here's the other point about the movie, and not not a pro or a con, just like a fact is that it is so dense. There's so much plot in this two hours of film mm-hmm. that like. It's not a lightweight rom-com that I mm-hmm. personally enjoy, right? Like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, those are very, like, light and fluffy rom-coms. Mm-hmm. This is, like, heavy, dense rom-com, which well, isn't exactly my favorite. teenager rom-com versus, like, an adult rom-com. Adults? I would How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is adult. In the book business? Okay. <laughs> I would say that, um, that the thing is, is that... Tom Hanks is not like laugh out loud funny. Like he's not like a Paul Rudd or like a Steve mm-hmm. Carell or like a Will Ferrell funny guy. He has a very dry he could sense of humor. He could absolutely be Paul Rudd. He could be Paul Rudd. 
he could, could be, be Paul but Rudd. he's not. That's okay. the thing. He's Paul, not, Paul Rudd. Though. Paul Rudd can do both. Paul Paul Rudd is can be a dry com- comedian, but he also yeah. can do like sillier shit. Like he yeah. Tom Hanks, like maybe he fares well better with like a British sense of humor, where it's like he's dry and he's like matter of fact, and he like makes undercutting comments and like jokes, like and that's the type of thing that I find funny. I don't like a comedy where like people are like falling down and acting like idiots. Like I, I am like, not a slapstick person either, because that is like Will Ferrell is more slapstick, and that's not my thing either. Yeah, like, I'm not like a Three Stooges. They don't. They do not make me laugh. It's not that mm-hmm. type of thing. Like Will's made me watch more movies like like Clue and like Young Frankenstein, where those are a completely different type of humor. That's also not really my thing. So I don't really know exactly what my favorite type of rom com would even. Yeah, like, you just hate laughing. No, I like laughing. This just didn't make me laugh. I don't find catfishing particularly funny. No, it, this is not a <laughs> laugh out loud. It's not laugh out loud. The reason why it's a rom com is because it's a sweet, charming movie. I don't know. Yeah, Mm. I'm just curious to hear. Here's the thing. I mean, I know we have feedback. We can get into that, but I'm also just curious Mm. to know people's like the general opinion. Because before watching this movie, my thought was always, "This is something that's a complete blind spot on my list." People love this movie, just like Sleepless in Seattle is another one. People talk about this movie. It's referenced in other movies as like a great rom com. And so I'm like, what the hell am I missing? Is it just because it's now 2021 and it didn't age well? Um, I want to know. Like, I want to know what other people think because yeah. am I crazy? Like- yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, okay. So if you want to know what people's general consensus is, is that people love this movie. Like, that's just what it is. Um I mean, you can say it's because of the nostalgia. You can say it's because of Tom Hanks. You can say it's because, I mean, honestly, like just watching them like play around in emails and like the like, you got mail sound clip and the dial up and like the all like like we said, the aim of it all. Now, of course, I do have what I assume is a scathing review um from a friend of Jessica Sterling's Deirdre. Deidre and I watched this movie like together like we hit start and then we were like messaging because she was like here's the thing full disclosure she was like I love this movie I'll watch it with you when you watch it for the podcast and I was like great that sounds like so much fun let's do that so all of these opinions Deidre has seen this movie many many times just saying okay um so should I get into this email I guess it's 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 a lengthy one so thank you Deidre um is it D- Deidre? It's Deidre. Deidre. I had somebody in high school that um, her she pronounced her name Deirdre, so um, my apologies. So, Deidre writes, I had the pleasure of virtually watching this movie with the great Jess Sterling, and I'll never be the same, which I gotta be honest with you, like, automatically when I read that, I got really jealous, and I don't know if that's, like, something that, like, you and I have to talk about, Jess, but we I can't know. do this because I, we have to come in fresh for the podcast. I can't I, tell you all my true. thoughts before we come on the but, podcast. But, like, hearing that you did something with someone else like this, <laughs> I got really jealous. I'm not allowed to talk to anybody else in the world. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe that's just me. But um, so me and MJC are totally going to watch movies together <laughs> without you Beautiful. in particular. 
Okay, feel free to watch all the shitty rom-coms you want. (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, Deidre writes, you got mail used to be one of my, one of those movies I watched on repeat. It was always on the TV. I would rent it from blockbusters when it wasn't. My middle school did the play the movie was based on, which by the way, um, okay. So she references shop around the corner, which is a, um, this movie is actually a remake from 1940. The movie was called shop around the corner. She's referring to. I'm assuming um, the play She Loves Me, which was a Broadway show. Um, I saw a rendition of it in college. So I'm assuming that she's talking about She Loves Me. But Shop Around the Corner was the 1940s movie that this movie was like based on or was a remake on. So just so just got to flex my Broadway knowledge because that's all I have in life. Um and she was one of the student producers. Well, okay, hold on. Well, never mind. If she says the shop around the corner, then who am I to say it's she loves me? Whatever. Um, she, but nonetheless, she says, I loved this movie. When I go to the New York City, I would have my mom take me to Cafe Lalo, the cafe where Shop Girl waits for NY152 and sees Joe. That us and Josie says Kathleen, and I love the real Upper West Side spots like Zabar's and H and H's Bagels, etc. Wow, she's like an icon with New York. Like she truly. knows the Upper West Side. <laughs> yes, truly. I mean, it's a very Upper West Side movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she says, but damn, I haven't seen this movie since middle school, and it shows. This movie is extremely canceled. I can't think of another movie that fails the Bendel test, uh, Bech- Bechdel test. Bechdel test. Bechdel, I got there. Bechdel. Bechdel test and human decency more, and it's still considered to be quote unquote a great. Okay. Time. Time. Show. Time. 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 Okay. What do you like, Deidre? It fails the Bechdel test. How much of Kathleen's conversations are about her business, which isn't about a man? Like, <laughs> like this. Come on, she's always talking to Bertie and to Christina about her business. Uh, okay, keep going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whew. <sighs> Joe Fox is a sociopath. Yeah. He grooms. <laughs> He grooms Kathleen while she's stalking her and gaslighting her, all the while ruining her business and bankrupting her. And she is still not only accepts it, but is happy about it. Wishing that Joe was NY52 all along, he forces himself inside her home, which he she never invited him to in the first place, and sits on her bed and touches her face. Like, excuse me, the violation. Yeah, Michael's holding up the message again. I forgot to bring up the fact that he touches her mouth, and I'm just like, who the fuck are you? Don't fucking touch her face, dude. Um, actually, this brings up but, a very good no, point. That he knows that she does that. She like always feels bad after she makes those zingers. Yeah, like, I, yeah. it's sweet. Where he's like, I'm gonna stop you right there before you say something you're gonna regret. You can say stop yeah. right Which, there like, without putting your fa- hands on people's faces. Like I just said it. Sure, stop right yes, there. Yes. Also, like, she's sick. We're living in a pandemic. Like, don't touch her face. Yeah. Don't touch her face when she's healthy. Don't touch her face when she's sick. Go continue, please. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, Should I go on? (laughs) Or do you guys have any comments on that? Like, we obviously talked about this. Like, him inviting her into the home 
I mean, a little problematic, but he brought her stupid daisies. So isn't that good enough? I, I It was well-intentioned, but I agree. Like, And how did he if, know if she was like, sick? I'm sick. Like, I don't want to see you. How did he know she was sick? She sneezed into the fucking thing. No, yeah, he that's said. That's code for. Not, that's not even code. That's like her saying outright. Be yeah, like, don't Yo, come in. Thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, Joe clearly has some daddy issues. When his aunt, um, his aunt is a nine-year-old and his brother is a five-year-old boy, his dad and grandpa also are sick fucks. However, the <laughs> that certainly does not absolve Joe of any of this. I disagree. Like I said before, he's a product. Joe's a product of his environment. Can you blame Joe for being a sick fuck himself? I don't think so. He's an adult. He's an adult. Go to fucking who? therapy yeah. like the rest well, okay. of us. Okay, so his family, uh, the who issue owns, is that. Who owns the store? Is it, is it the I assume the it dad? was his father. Because his father okay. is the one sitting behind, like, the desk the big in desk. the office. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, he's just, like, the manager, I guess. I, I don't know. I think he has a better he's position than a manager. VP, but a yes. VP. Sure. He's a VP. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I yeah, think... Okay. He's on the board. He's on the right, board. Right. Yeah. I think that... Um, yeah, I think that the issue is that nobody in the Fox family has ever loved their partner. And I think that that's what made yes. Joe realize that he was ready to make a commitment because he tells, he says like some offhand thing to his dad, like hopefully the next one you'll like really make you happy and like love and appreciate or whatever he says. And like his dad scoffs at that as like, yeah, like that's ever happened to somebody in our family. And that made Joe realize like, you know what? Like Kathleen does make me happy. She does challenge me. She does make me like I can be like myself with her throughout behind like the internet wall. So, um, I, I, can I, I mean, say something it, else that I really liked? Absolutely. About the movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, going all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. they they do a couple scenes where it's showing both of them. And it's like they're already living the same life where it's, oh, their partner that they don't really, they're not really in love with. It's like in the apartment. Then they leave and like check to see. And yeah, they like go on the computer and they Mm -hmm. both say you've got mail like with the uh, little computer voice. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, the, the, the. The cranberry song, yeah, where they're I like walking part. and they're like narrowly missing each other, and there's oh, even like yes. they both have a scene where their colleague like says to them, "Oh, so you're in love with your current partner?" And they're like, "No, I mean, yeah. yes, yeah." <laughs> Jess, okay, so Jess, let's like I don't know if you're able to do this, but like, can you like pretend for one sec? Like, let's take out like the fact. That, like, in real life, they're competitors. Let's take out the fact that they're gaslighting. Like, you haven't, like, commented on, like, you know, what do you think of um, Shop Girl and NY152's relationship in an isolated, like, containment? I... I was try- I tried to follow along with like their relationship with each other. I agree. Like I liked the little moments where they're like peeking at their laptop and they leave it and then they walk back to their laptop and then they go on the la- like that was cute. 
But I also didn't really see how Shop Girl and NY152 had like a ton in common, I guess. Like I also didn't really see the chemistry between them necessarily. And I don't think that this movie and I again, I love a rom-com. I don't think they had a particularly good meet cute. I love a meet cute. That's one of my favorite parts about the rom-com. See, the I, I, I just I think that you can tell by like the language they're using with each other, like that they yeah. just like they make each other smile. Like the they just like bouquet of, it's like the bouquet of freshly sharpened oh, the pencils. Pen sharpened like, pencils. Like, yes, but like he makes fun of Pride and Prejudice. Like, he tries to read it and then he like harasses her about it at the coffee shop for liking well, it. Well, because he's because not... he's a douche. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's the, the, my problem is that like I just hate him so much. And I don't see how they have any chemistry or have any besides liking books, sure, I guess, because even he's a businessman. He doesn't even care about books like he cares about books because because they because <laughs> I, <I'm... laughs> Kathleen Kelly to Pride and Prejudice is Will Lafferty to the New York Mets. OK. Like, you don't love the Mets. Like, no, but like, Will and I also have Will. a million other things in common. There's sure, one. I'm sure that Kathleen and Joe have a million things in common, too. I just they think, like, I don't think that business. the movie illustrated exactly what they had in common, besides they're both in the book business, but they're in the book business for two very different reasons. I think mm. I, I think we glossed over, by the way, we didn't talk enough about, <laughs> this isn't helping my argument that this is, like, a nice movie and a sweet movie. Uh, we gloss over, like, the dance that Joe Fox does when Dave Chappelle tells him that uh, the the woman's beautiful. And he's like, oh, I knew okay. it! I knew she would be! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. All Good right. for you, buddy. She's not an uggo. <laughs> Happy for you. <laughs> I mean, this is what you... I mean, this is what you, like, have to... If that was you're... a spot on Tom Hanks' impression, by the way. And ugly, anyway, yeah, ugly. Just as great at impressions, <laughs> totally. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I my, my main defense for Joe Fox is the first half of this movie. I don't have that much, like, skin in the game about defending him in the second half. But what I do have to say is... Um, so Joe Fox wants to get with somebody that he wants or he thinks is beautiful. Is that a crime in this? But the question <laughs> is, the question is then, let's pretend it's not Kathleen Kelly, right? Let's pretend yeah. it's not her. Yes. Yeah. But let's pretend instead Kathleen Kelly is replaced with somebody who maybe isn't beautiful and gorgeous like Meg Ryan. What yeah. the fuck does he do? Did you just leave? Does he leave? Does he even go in? That's my question because I don't think he goes uh... in. That's a, that's a good question. Can we can we also how would you grade like and it happens in all rom-coms how would you grade the Joe Fox speech to Kathleen before like he leaves her so she can like get ready to meet NY152 Oh uh-huh I mean this is a little this is a little problematic. Like he's like leading her to the park and he's like um you know really really like I I don't remember the speech in particular, but like the fact that like he let it go on for that long um only to find out like she finds out that's him because like Brinkley runs off and uh he calls for Brinkley, probably recognizes his voice um I don't know what was the speech about. I don't. I don't quite remember. So it was. It was. 
like, hey, you're being really forgiving to this guy who's already stood you up once. Like, mm. I wish you'd be that forgiving towards me because we, if we met and, mm. like, we didn't have this thing oh. between us, like, I would have asked you out. Like, I wouldn't have waited 24 yeah. hours. Like, I would, like... Like, you would have been it, and, yeah. like, this would have been something. Yeah. I'm a simp. Um, I loved it. Yeah. And, again, he does, like, I think the reason why he needs to do that is to put the idea, and call it gaslighting, Jess, if you want. Because mm. that's what it is. It, yes. It kind of is. <laughs> to put the idea in her head of, like, oh, I can forgive Joe if I'm forgiving this person who stood me up and who, like, made me feel terrible that day i so like, i it's fine it needs to do that no it's fine as <laughs> as far as speeches go but the fact that like i didn't remember it until you just said it to me and i watched the movie twice like says mm-hmm. to me that like it's not particularly great yeah. if if i didn't remember it that well my argument is that in my opinion she already knew it was him so whatever it was a non-entity well she wanted it to be him I'm convinced that she knew it was him. Um, I have more of Deidre's email unless we mm-hmm. have anything go, else go, please, to... please, please, sorry. Okay. Um, so now she talks about our friend Frank. And yes, Frank is also an egomaniac and also the worst. But Kathleen literally thought he was the Unabomber and still stayed with him for years after. Um, this woman is extremely broken. She's got zero self-worth she chooses to be with the most toxic men on the planet and even when they violate her physical safety as well as her uh, as well as emotionally abuse her and manipulate her she wants this for herself girl boy bye yeah Um, i agree with that not only that this movie is extremely fat phobic racist has elitist comments against people who struggle with literacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This movie is garbage and should have never been shown to people anymore. Um, we are a generation whose concepts of love and relationships are built on a foundation of stories like this one. What are we teaching women? What are we teaching men? No wonder I'm single and having this movie <laughs> in my formative years. And um, and Jess is married, having never seen it up until yesterday. Bury this movie. <laughs> burn it with fire. Bury it forever. And that is Deidre's um, synopsis Honestly, of You've Got Mail. That's one of the best pieces wow. of feedback we've ever gotten. Yeah, that we're going to so gonna print this out and it's put it on my wall. I feel like my 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 uh, theatric reading of it was also that was wonderful. Congrat! That was extra oh, was, extra was claps for Sarah. That was great. So, um, Deidre, thank you so much. Great points. Do I think you're right? A little bit of me does, but does that make me stop loving Tom Hanks for even a moment? No. I don't think you need to stop loving Tom Hanks. I think you need to not like Joe Fox. That's the point. Joe Fox, F O X. That part was funny. Okay, Michael, I'll give you that. For the com part of the rom-com, the FOX scene, that was funny. I will give you that. Also, that fish bit where he, like, um, was leaving and the balloons got stuck in the door. And he was like, good thing it (laughs) wasn't the fish. That was actually an improv 
Like it happened where like he accidentally really? got the balloon stuck. Good yeah. job. Yeah, he good accidentally it, got please. the balloon stuck. He made that joke like good thing it wasn't the fish and the director thought it was like such a funny line that they kept it in. And I would I like uh, thought that before I like read into it because mm-hmm. Meg Ryan's reaction looked really genuine in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that like I don't know. I don't know what else I have to say on this movie. It's just not for me. And it's fine if people like it still. I just think like if we're looking at it with our 2021 eyes, then I think that we have to call out some of the toxic shit that's in it. And I feel like I did that. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, call you know, call Grace I, and see if it holds up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do want to say as as much as I've been praising this movie, I do hear you, Jess, and I respect mm-hmm. your opinions. And you have you hold like, um, you know, you have a great moral compass. I hear you. I, I'm listening. I do agree with many of your points. It's just like this movie is just it's like, you know, it, it's a good movie. It's a movie. That's what it is. It's not it's yeah. not Shawshank. It's not The Godfather. It's, <laughs> He's going it's there. something. <laughs> yeah. Something. It's something. Um, MJC, any other thoughts about this movie? Yeah. Um I feel like we haven't talked about Steve Zahn at all as the Oh, <laughs> so like Steve Zahn talked about his unrealistic apartment. So yes, we did. We did talk about that. He, I mean, these like little bookshop workers are like really characters. We got the girl who's like, I think she's in college, and she. This is like this is the only part time job I'm ever going to get. Okay, ma'am. Oh, are you talking about not Liv Tyler? <laughs> who is this girl? Like, she's the girl from Miss Congeniality. Who's yes. who they ask, what's a perfect date? And she's like, oh, May something because it's not are too hot, joking? it's not too cold. That's is her. That, really? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I, the dark oh, hair really tricks me. So before me. I, before I rewatched it Sunday night after the Super Bowl, um. I always thought that that was Liv Tyler in that role because she looks like Liv Tyler a little bit. That is funny. I don't yeah. see it, but that's because, I mean, I, I saw it and I immediately knew it was the girl from Miss Congeniality. Holy so. crap. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not recognize her with the dark hair. Um, I love Miss Congeniality. That's 2000. Can't cover it. Oh, uh, man. I really next. love that movie. That's yeah. a good rom-com. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it holds up, but it's a good rom-com. Um, Steve Zahn, opinions, thoughts. This was, uh, was this pre that thing you do? It was like around the same time. So like him and him and Hanks had like already worked together. So maybe that's why I got the movie. That's um. Steve Zahn has like, where is he gone? <laughs> Steve Zahn, where are you gone? Yeah. <laughs> he was in Saving Silverman. That's what I recognized he him was. Yes. from yeah. like the most. Yeah. I loved that With movie. Jack Black up. and Jason Biggs. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, let's see, let's see. Steve Zahn, one of those faces that you never forget. Um, what do <laughs> I recognize him from? Um, how would you, how would you grade Aunt Annabelle's uh, rendition of Tomorrow? 
Oh my Ugh. goodness! That I want to fast was, forward through it. <laughs> that was rough. That was a really rough. It was too rendition. fucking long, dude. It, like, and going from that it right got to Lexi better as it went on. Like, she had a yeah. couple bum notes in the beginning. But she got <laughs> oh, into the groove with us. Just don't make me listen to kids sing. Like, I do think <laughs> that this movie could have used like fifteen minutes uh, of this movie cut. I think that it would have been okay. more successful if it was yeah. like 145. I what do you cut it? I think that there was definitely, definitely there was room for trimming. Room for trimming. Yeah, two hours mm-hmm. is really long for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I will say we didn't need to see the competing family holiday parties. Yeah, did that could have gone cut? Like there was like a few things like. I did try to watch this movie a full two times, but I got to be honest with you. Um, I didn't get to finish the second time around because my phone died. And I watched it on like 1.8 X, I think. And I still didn't finish it the second time. I tried. I got I think I got I was almost there. I was like 20 minutes out and then my phone died. And you know what? If they cut the movie by 15 minutes, I would have been able to finish the second time around. (laughs) They should have known. They should have known. Do you guys have, and maybe you guys don't because you uh, have forever partners that you live with and sleep with, um, but do you have, like, movies or shows that are, like, bedtime ones where you're, like, in bed, you're like, I'll just put this on in the background and, like, fall asleep to it on your iPad? You know what I'm talking about? I don't anymore because I put on like a Bluetooth sleep mask. And so uh, like okay. podcasts and audiobooks have replaced that for me because I just I know it's like not good for your like REM cycle and shit. So I try not to do that. So we have a real battle in my house about this. Oh, actually, right. it's a real issue because <laughs> Drew watches cartoons at night to fall asleep. And it's. In particular, the worst offender is Family Guy, and it really, really, really irks me. Like, I hate it. Um, So he does. I, like, then I try to, like, put on my AirPods and block it out. Like, I can't stand listening to it. Um, It's not, like, I don't have, like, a mood. Like, Drew has, like, Family Guy. Like, I don't have, like, a show that I put on. How about you? Like, what's your show? So, like, recently it had been, it's been... You were talking about cartoons and made me laugh because, like, recently it's been, like, episodes of The Simpsons that I remember, like, from my youth. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, like, it's, like, so easy to just fall asleep to, like, a Simpsons episode on in the background. But, um, no, there are definitely movies similar to You've Got Mail that, like, have been that before where I'll just, like, put it on. Like, I've watched it so many times, I'll just, like, fall asleep to it, and, like, I know, like, I'm not gonna miss anything. Yeah. Uh, what did you do that? I did that recently with Into the Woods. Uh, I was like, that was a good one to fall asleep wait, to. Wait, the one with Susan Sarandon? Uh, no. No, the one with, uh, Emily Blunt and James Corden and oh. Meryl Streep. I was thinking of, like, the old, old one. Like, the... the... Oh, no, no, I'm talking about, like, the... Talking about, like, I hear you, yeah, I hear the, you. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I, like, I always watch the old Into the Woods. Um, they, I'm mad at that Into the Woods because they cut my favorite song, so I don't really want to talk no more? about that. No more? Um, no, maybe. It's the one... No, I don't no think... No more I, lions keeping stuff. Da, 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 no. Da, 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 just no, 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 no. They cut that, and I'm mad about that. 
Um, okay, what's what's the Jessica, keep up. Come now on. we're getting to Broadway talk. Jessica, I have no idea what's it. going on right now. I have no fucking clue. I know. Just, about. Just like the one This is literally this is like when fucking Will starts talking about sports. It's like sports and Broadway are like the two things that like the two people that I talk to the most talk about. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no fucking clue. I know okay. Hamilton. I okay. told you guys. Hamilton. Yeah. I told you guys that when I came on this show, like it would just be like gabbing and non sequiturs. But we've been very, very good. So agony, the reprise. They included the first agony. But in mm. my... In my opinion, the second agony is much better because it's much more painful um, and it's like much sadder than the first agony. So that I mean, they cut agony reprise. I have issues with it. I don't watch that bitch. Emily Blunt. No, thank you. Like, how dare she? Really? <laughs> no, no, no. I like it. I'm this, just it, joking. Okay, okay. I'm just mad at um, that. Chris Pine. Chris Pine should sing more. Chris Pine's got a very, very nice voice, very pleasant voice, and he just doesn't sing enough. He should sing more. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's my take. Um, absolutely. Chris Pine. Goodness gracious. He has a Jess, who's your favorite Chris? Tan. <laughs> oh, what's your favorite Chris? Uh, I know my favorite Chris. I mean, at this point, probably Chris Evans. Like, okay. what are the other Chris's? Like, mine, Chris Pratt, personally. Mine, Hemsworth, Pratt. My, yeah, mine, personally, is Chris Hemsworth, because I think that he is my my real superhero zaddy. Which one is the, which one is Thor? Which Hemsworth is that? Hem, Hemsworth. Chris, yeah. Chris. No, which Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Look, there's more than fucking one Hemsworth. How the hell do I know? Because three. Liam is not fucking hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't pay attention to Hemsworth. Liam. I like Mark Ruffalo. We've been through this. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Michael, who's your superhero, like, mama? Like, what's the equivalent of a zaddy? I don't even know. I don't know. Who's the superhero that you think is hot? Why don't you just say it that way? Because <laughs> this is my I show, mean, Jessica. Is it is it cheating to just say Brie Larson? Oh, how is that cheating? In what world is that cheating? You're so right. She's right. fucking amazing. Brie Larson. Yeah, Captain Marvel. You're, you, to be fair, you go. have like less options. Like not, you know, we need more women superheroes. That's very true. Yes. But also <laughs> I will say true. that like Mark Ruffalo is up there and then, um, and then obviously R.A.P. Chadwick Boseman, like 100% up there. Idris Elba right. is up there, but I don't think like him – as the superhero, he w- is not, like, attractive. But, like, Idris Elba just, like, in general, as a human being, like, living his life is very attractive. Mm-hmm. Anyway. My, my favorite yeah. Chris is Chris Pine. Um, <laughs> but there we go. We all have different Chris's really then. off the beaten path. <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to this shitty movie. Um, does anybody Stop have it. any other thoughts before we do our plugs? Jessica. What? Jessica, I thought... We're fucking Chris's. <laughs> look, I thought that we were going to be cool. I gave We, we gave cool. you a movie that had a golden retriever. Your s- Multiple golden retrievers, by the way. Did you Frankly. notice how many golden retrievers there were in this movie? They no. were everywhere. They, I just saw one because they all looked the same. Oh, okay. I'm offended, first of all. So is Winston. <laughs> um, no, there was Frankly, well, which was anymore. obviously... He's in the room. He's underneath the desk. Um, uh, he was, there's he was Brinkley. <laughs> 
Brinkley, who's Joe Fox's golden, there was a golden that somebody walked by in the scene where Joe was about to meet Kathleen, like at the cafe when she was waiting for mm. to meet NY 152. And then there was the other scene where, um, where Kathleen is talking to, I don't, the girl that works at the bookstore outside, they're taking a walk mm. and there's a dog walker who's walking like five golden retrievers. It's like everybody in New York city owns a golden <laughs> retriever in this movie. Um, golden retrievers are America's dog, but, um, are they as cute as a Shih Tzu? I don't know. I don't think sure. you want to ask this question to our audience because I think you'll know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> I. So my closing thought is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Wait, please close us out. No, I have to first, edit this tomorrow, people. First, first, can you just tell us what your favorite dog breed is? Um, I like Goldens. Hot. Okay, and then your closing thoughts. <laughs> um, while I understand this film being problematic, um, it's still one that I feel comfortable saying I enjoy and would watch again. Great. I would watch this movie again, too. Jessica would never. Never. I would not watch this movie again. There's no yeah, way I'd yeah. spend two hours. She's, she's done. Apparently, so is You ruined this movie for her. <laughs> I will watch Sleepless in Seattle. I will like watch other Tom Hanks movies. This is just not Believe for me. Leave their own with Will. I'll watch. A, I promise that if Sarah agrees to cover Sandlot in the summer, like we agreed, I will watch A League of Their Own. I'm not against A League of Their Own. It's just I've never seen it. Because I like Sandlot, and that's a sports movie. Like, there are sports movies I like. You know why I like about A League of well, Their Own? I can I, I it makes me cry and I, if I can cry to a movie then I'm golden. What kind of psychopath likes to cry at movies? A water sign. <laughs> That's so I true. don't I don't like to do it. I do do it and I am also a water sign. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. I don't cry at movies. Sorry to disappoint all of you people who mm-hmm. thought that might be the case. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. I uh-huh. I'm I'm an easy I'm an easy cry at TV and movies me too. where if it's mm-hmm. well, my my big one is if it's the last episode of a major character on a TV show that like oh like Michael Scott the like, Office type of thing, my, yeah 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 and and um, uh, when Troy leaves Community that episode yes of course of course where he says like here's the thing everyone. I have a heart I just don't cry at things usually and I don't really like enjoy crying so it's like not something I like want to do. But. So when I saw <laughs> when I saw fifty fifty. The movie mm-hmm. with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he Love has him. cancer. And uh, Seth Rogen's in it as well. Um, before I saw it, like, my brother texted me. and said, hey, have you seen 50-50 yet? And I'm like, no. He's like, all right, after you see it, I want you to text me. Because there's a part of the movie that made me cry. And I'm positive it will make you cry as well. I'm like, perfect. So I go to the mall and I see that, like, the next day. Once the movie gets out... I text my brother and I say, <laughs> and the text says, the books, question mark. And he said, it all cuts. Yes. <laughs> so like he knew exa- the exact yeah, moment the that moment. would get me because it yeah. got him as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're both, uh, we're both softies. Jake That's Hawk fine. So I don't like condemn <laughs> others for crying at things. It's just not usually my thing. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a yep. crier usually. 
Yep. Um. Anyway, moving on to we can do our plugs now because this is a crossover Maybe. event. So, Michael, what are we what are we going to be covering on your podcast uh, in a couple days? So if you enjoyed the banter and discussion <laughs> of uh, 90s material between the three of us, uh, you're in luck because you can hear us do it again. Uh, on pilot season, uh, we are talking about, uh, later this week, we're talking about my so-called life, which uh, I, I, I don't want to tell any stories out of school and spoil anything, but uh, I believe that our friend Sarah has a lot to say about this first episode of my so-called life, because she is a stan of the show now. Yeah, I'm a new stan, new stan, but um, to be continued on my thoughts on my so-called life. Yeah, so that's very exciting, exciting things happening uh, as uh, we wind down uh, a great podcast in pilot season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, hop in, you know, we we have we have six more to go. But uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really excited. This was a lot of fun and I'm sure uh, it'll be just as much fun. Uh, on the other podcast, and uh, my 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 voice is already going. I've been talking so much on this one. So, <laughs> uh, um, check us out, uh, Pilot Season Podcast, uh, it, on everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, and if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, um, <laughs> follow the shenanigans that Chappelle and I are getting into as we argue with each other. Oh yeah, it's so fun. Uh, I am at MJCSZN or SZN for all you uh, KFCs out there who say Z. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for um, later in the week. Um, you guys, you need to follow us um, at Shit Nandy's Shit Nandy's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are having a lot of fun. Um, Covering Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek, and of course our bonus podcast. Um, not quite sure when it's coming out, but make sure you follow along so that you can see our um, us plug Boy Meets World's Fever, where we covered my date with the president's daughter, and um, tune in. That was a that was a lot of fun. Those guys are a the sweetest and like the most supportive ever, but also. Um, it was a really fun discussion. And, um, of course, um, you know, just follow along. If you have any feedback for us, shit90spod at gmail.com. Uh, Jessica, like, take it away with all of your shenanigans. I only have one other shenanigan. Oh, okay. uh, if you If you want to uh, follow along with a community recap podcast, that's going to be over on Post Show Recap. It recaps, and it is called Community Building. Uh, that is with Josh Wiggler. Uh, the pilot is already out, and we will be recording um, the season one, episode two this week. So be sure to get your feedback in um, and listen to that podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Excited to be continuing that. And then obviously – uh, rate, review, subscribe, all of the above to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. Um, we're having a lot of fun over here and busy, busy week for us. We're so excited to be going on pilot season later this week. So also definitely give that a listen and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.